going to do something very different um, right now, and that is that I'm going to introduce our next series of messages. And uh, that series doesn't start for two weeks yet. Uh, it's going to start on November 7th. And it is a four-part series called A 30-Day Thanksgiving Journey. Two weeks from today, we're going to start a new one. Today, we're going to conclude the one we've been going through. It's our six-part series called Lies Christians Believe. So if you want to get your study sheet out, you'll notice there are a lot of scriptures on it. Um, we're not going to look at every one of those. I probably will tell you what you would find in each one. But then, of course, you need to go ahead and check it out. Uh, speaking of checking it out, last week in the message, there were also a lot of scriptures. And you'll recall at one point, I gave you an assignment to check out those scriptures to see if what I was saying was actually there. And uh, if you didn't take that challenge and if you didn't check it out, then you didn't notice this. But during the message, I gave you a wrong scripture reference. Did anybody notice that? Oh, you're going to break my heart. I made a mistake and nobody even noticed it because they didn't do their assignment. Um, I had told you at one point about this scripture that says, uh, do not go beyond what is written. Remember me saying that? And, and really, when it comes to all these, these untruths we've been talking about, that, that is a very important reminder. We should not go beyond what is written in scripture. And these untruths we've been talking about are things that aren't in Scripture, but somehow we've grabbed onto them and believed them. Uh, we've gone beyond what is written. And I told you you could find that statement in 1 Corinthians 2.6. It's not in 1 Corinthians 2.6. It's 4.6. So I don't know if you carry study sheets with you from past Sundays, but to correct that, it was it's 1 Corinthians 4.6. Do not go beyond what is written. So sorry I gave you the wrong uh, reference, and uh, you can correct that. Well, today we're going to do our last uh, message in this series, uh, Lies Christians Believe. Uh, this will be the sixth one that um, we look at, and it has to do with death, and specifically what happens after death. Not so much death itself, but what happens after death. Uh, so let's pray, and then we'll address that. Our Father, thank you for your word. We believe with all our hearts that it is true, because it's your word, and you are truth. Father, we ask you to guide us in your word today. I pray that you would... Uh, Maybe answer some questions for us, but Father, at least remind us of how important your truth is, so that, Lord, we would not so easily grab on to things that, that we hear and see that really aren't written in your word. Father, do what you need to do today. Give us ears to hear. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, death is a difficult subject. We all know that. Um, it, it's a very uncomfortable subject. 
Uh, when death occurs, it's very uncomfortable to think about it. It's very uncomfortable to talk about it. It's very uncomfortable to respond to it and even know how to respond. It's just an uncomfortable thing. It's a, a, a very difficult thing. Um, and maybe maybe talking about lies and death sounds a bit harsh, but uh, there are a lot of untruths out there about what happens after death. Um, we're just going to look at one, but let me give you examples of many of the untruths out there concerning what happens after death. Some say everyone goes to heaven when they die. Not true. Some say when we die, we, get, we become flowers in God's garden. Does that sound good? Not true. Some say after death, there is nothing. It is the end of existence. Not true. Some say when you die, your soul goes to sleep until the resurrection. Not true. Some say that after we die, we will be reincarnated and come back to this earth in a different form. Not true. Some say that when we die, we go to an in-between place where our cleansing is completed so that we can go to heaven. Not true. Some say that those who have died are watching over us. Not true. Some say that when we die, we receive a second chance from God. Not true. And I could go on. But I think that's sufficient to give examples of how there are so many untruths out there concerning what happens after death. And, and really, you know, every one of those, including the one we're going to talk about today, is probably well-intentioned. That there's a good intention behind every one. That most of them in some way, are meant to help at a time of death. They're, they're meant to encourage, to be supportive, to be comforting. But you know, good intentions are not a justification for speaking untruth. I hope you've learned that and understand that. That as good as our intentions are, those good intentions do not justify 
speaking untruth. There are plenty of ways we can be helpful, supportive, provide comfort and encouragement, and still be truthful. Today we're going to look at one, another untruth that we hear now and then. And again, I think the, the intentions are good. It, it's meant to make people feel better. Uh, it sounds good. Uh, it might be kind of comforting at the time. But this untruth says when someone dies, God gains another angel. You ever heard that? On TV quite often there is a commercial for Tunnels to Towers, that organization, great organization. And in one of them, there is uh, a young wife talking who lost her husband who was a policeman. Uh, he was killed in the line of duty. And... Uh, she was helped by tunnels to towers, so that's why uh, she is speaking. But when she speaks, she emotionally says this, The hardest thing I had to do was to tell my girls that their daddy had become an angel. Their daddy had become an angel. Once in a while, you'll read that, some reference to something like that in an obituary. And believe me, I read a lot of obituaries. And once in a while, you'll see some reference to that idea that someone has died and become an angel. And it seems like most often when you see it, it's when a child has died. For some reason, that seems to be the most common time when that is said. Or I've even heard it... Um, in conversation, not so much from the pulpit, but in conversation at funerals or after funerals, at visitations, where I hear someone saying to um, someone else this idea that the person who has died has become an angel. And again, the intentions, probably very good. Could be comforting to hear that. But... Good intentions do not justify untruth. And uh, this would be untruth. So what I'm going to do uh, this morning very quickly is I'm going, to, I'm going to share four important thoughts about this. About this particular untruth concerning what happens after death. First, I want to share the thought that angels and humans are two different creations. Angels are angels. Humans are humans. Two different creations. Secondly, the scriptures do not teach that humans become angels when they die. Third, very important, this thought, there's a greater truth for believers than becoming angels when you die. There's a greater truth for believers. But I also want to share another very important 
thought, and that is that there is a more tragic truth for unbelievers than becoming angels when they die. So let's let's just go through these four thoughts concerning this this untruth. First of all, angels and humans are two different creations. Angels were created by God, Scripture tells us. Colossians 1 says that Jesus, as God, created angels, the invisible beings. Uh, In Psalm 148, maybe you want to turn there. Psalm 148 It's a psalm of praise, but we actually get the teaching that angels were created by God here. Uh, Psalm 148 says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights above. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord For he commanded, and they were created. All these that the psalmist is encouraging to praise the Lord, he says God created them by his command. And who's in the list? Angels and heavenly hosts. The angels are a creation of God. Humans are a creation of God, right? We learn that from the beginning of Scripture, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then in chapter 2, verse 7, it says, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And then... In verse 22 of chapter 2, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. God created human beings. God created angels. And we find that in these first chapters of Genesis, it seems very clear he created angels before he created human beings. Because we learn from the Old Testament, that Satan is an angel. We talked about that last week, created by God. We also see at the end of chapter 3 of Genesis, after the sin and um, uh, man and woman are chased out of the garden of Eden, there's a guard put up, and it's an angel. It's a cherub, which means that angel must have been there ahead of time, must have been around. So angels are a creation of God, and according to the psalmist, he commanded, and they were created. Humans are a creation of God, but not by command, right? God personally formed humans, and he still does, right? Psalm 139, in our mother's womb. God personally forms and creates human beings and they give they are given 
the image of God. That's not true about angels. They were created by command, were not created in the image of God. Angels are angels. Humans are humans. Both are created by God, but at different times and differently. In Psalm 8, if you're still in the Psalms, maybe you want to uh, look at that. Psalm 8. The psalmist says in verse 3, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. Human beings were created by God. Angels were created by God. Angels were created before human beings differently. And according to Psalm 8, human beings were created a little lower than the angels. And that's repeated in Hebrews chapter 2. Created a little lower than the angels. Hebrews chapter 1 in the New Testament. Hebrews 1.14. There's a statement about angels. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits? Angels are spirits. Human beings are body and spirit, right? Another difference. Angels are spirits. Human beings are body and spirit, created differently. Also in Hebrews chapter 2, very important, verse 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too, referring to Jesus, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Jesus came in the form of human beings. He came to make atonement to provide salvation for people. He didn't become an angel. He didn't come to provide atonement for angels. It was for us. Angels do not experience salvation. Angels do not experience forgiveness. Angels do not experience redemption. Angels don't even experience being brought into the family of God and able to call him father. We get that experience. Angels are angels. People are people. 
Revelation chapter 7. So we're getting toward the end and um, John gets this vision of, of what's going to happen at the end. And he gets to see this vision of, of heaven at the throne of God. And uh, Revelation 7 verse 9. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Verse 11, all the angels were standing around the throne. Do you see what John is saying there? Before the throne of God, two different groups. People, human beings, from all tribes and nations and languages, worshiping God. And he clearly says another group, angels, worshiping God. This is in the future, before the throne of God. And even then, it's very clear By what John says, the humans are a separate group from the angels. Angels are angels. People are people, both created by God, but different. The second thought that's very important, the scriptures do not teach that humans become angels when they die. You can't find a scripture that says human beings become angels after they die. Whether they are believers in Jesus Christ or unbelievers who've resisted Jesus, the Scripture does not teach that human beings become angels when they die. Paul said, do not go beyond what is written. And somebody might say, well, what about, what about Matthew 22? Turn with me there. Matthew 22. Starting in verse 29, uh, you might know the story, the Pharisees and scribes, those religious leaders, are challenging Jesus in a lot of areas, trying to trip him up. They're they're trying to uh, uh, stump him, get him to say something wrong. And here they've gone through this whole weird thing about a woman who marries seven different men. All her husbands die and she remarries. and, And then they say, well, Jesus, you know, you talk about resurrection. Well, when she dies... Which one of those seven will be her husband? And this is Jesus' response in verse 29. Jesus replied, You are in error because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. And people look at that and say, See? Jesus himself said that after the resurrection, we'll be angels doesn't say that, does it? First of all, it says, like the angels. 
And secondly, it's in one specific way, which is the context. After death, there will be no marriage or giving in marriage. In that one way, we'll be like the angels. It's poor Bible study and interpretation. If someone would take that statement by Jesus and conclude that when humans die, they become angels. It's just not taught in Scripture. Third important thought. There is a greater truth for believers. Friends, you've got to get this. There is a greater truth than the one that might say when we die we become angels. There is a greater truth than that for believers, for those who know Jesus Christ. There's a greater truth. There's a greater experience after death for us than becoming angels. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Verse 2, dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The believers, the children of God, when they die, will not become angels they will see Jesus as he is and they will be like him. Become an angel or be like Jesus. Which is the greater? I'll take seeing Jesus and being like him any day. Philippians chapter 3, Paul uh, describes that a little more. Philippians 3, verse uh, 20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Paul says, we will be transformed and we will receive this new body which is like his glorious body. That's what happens to believers. It's a greater truth than becoming an angel. And in Second uh, Corinthians, and I'm going to read this from the New Living because I think the New Living really grasps the best what uh, Paul is explaining here. So I want you to listen to this, unless you have a New Living translation. But Second Corinthians 5, verse 1. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body, made for us by God himself 
and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. If we are going to become angels after we die, that means we become what? Spirits. Angels are spirits. Paul says, <coughs> we will not be spirits without bodies. We're going to have a body. And it's going to be a body that's a heavenly body. And it's after the likeness of Jesus' glorious body. We shall see him as he is, and we shall be like him. There is a greater truth for believers after death than becoming angels. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, Paul says, basically, we are going to judge angels. We don't do that now, but he says we will. Remember, we're created right now a little lower than the angels. In some way or fashion, the Bible says, after death, when we're with the Lord, we will actually judge angels. Something is going to happen from being below angels to being in a position to, in some way, judge angels. That's a far greater truth than becoming an angel. In Galatians and Romans, Paul says that the believers are children of God, heirs of God. And in 1 Peter 1, it tells us about this inheritance we will have in heaven. It's reserved for us because we're children of God. We're heirs. That's never said about angels. That's a greater truth than becoming angels. So there's something better, friends. Becoming angels after you die, maybe that sounds good. But for we who are believers, who know Jesus, there is a greater truth. We will experience something after death that's far beyond becoming an angel. We will see Jesus as he is, and we will be like him. We will receive a body, a new body. We won't be spirits in eternity. We will have heavenly bodies fashioned after the glorious body of Jesus. That is a greater truth than becoming angels. The fourth very important truth, and this isn't really a positive one, but it's truth. There is a more tragic truth for unbelievers, for those who don't know Jesus, than becoming angels. The truth is more tragic for unbelievers than becoming angels. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul says that the destiny of those who resist the cross, who resist Jesus, is destruction. 2 Thessalonians, if you would turn there, 2 Thessalonians verse 1. Chapter 1, verse 6. 2 Thessalonians 1, 6. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and 
give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified. Paul says those who have not obeyed the gospel will be separated for eternity from Jesus. They haven't obeyed the gospel. What does it mean to obey the gospel? Well, the gospel is the good news that Jesus came and he died. He paid for our sins that we might be forgiven. He rose again, showing he has the power to give us eternal life. And that anyone who is willing to repent of their sins and seek his forgiveness through the work of Jesus on the cross and surrender their lives to him, receiving him as their Lord and Savior, will be saved, will receive the right to be called children of God. And when those who have obeyed the gospel, the believers die, they have a greater experience than becoming angels, as we just saw. But the scripture is clear, those who do not obey the gospel, who do not come in repentance and belief, receiving Jesus, when they die, they will be separated eternally from Jesus. And so it's a far greater truth for unbelievers than becoming angels. It's tragic. So, there are a lot of untruths out there about what happens after we die. And everybody is wondering. I mean, it's understandable. People wonder. But there are a lot of untruths out there. And one of them is that when we die, we become angels. Um, So I want you to take these scriptures The ones we looked at, look at them again. The ones we didn't, look at them. And think about these four thoughts that I've shared. Angels and human beings are two different creations. Angels are angels. Human beings are human beings. There's so much difference between the two. The idea that after we die, we become angels is nowhere taught in Scripture. And and Paul said, do not go beyond what is written. And remember, if you're a believer, if you know Jesus, if you've embraced the gospel message, embrace Jesus, you have a far greater truth ahead than becoming angels. A greater experience. But also remember, if you have not obeyed the gospel, if you continue to resist Jesus and a relationship with him, if you continue to resist repentance and belief in Jesus Christ, there's a far more tragic truth waiting for you, according to Scripture, than becoming an angel. So, I'll end with this statement. Let us not go beyond what is written. 
what is written provides all the comfort and hope that we need. We don't need anything else beyond what is written to give us hope and comfort as we think about death and what's beyond. What is written provides all the hope and comfort and truth that we need. Do you have that hope? Do you have that hope? It's found only in Jesus, a relationship with him that comes through repentance of sin and a surrender to the one who provided that forgiveness, Jesus. And when you know him, you have a far greater truth than becoming an angel when you die. As we continue worshiping, I suggest it will be a great time. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't have this hope that comes through knowing him, whether you're down here or or upstairs, do business with Jesus. He wants to give you that hope beyond the grave. He really does. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. It's so good to have it, Lord, um, so that we can be exposed to your truth. Father, there are so much things out there that are said that are written, but they're not written in your word, Lord. And yet they sound good, maybe have good intentions, maybe meant to help the grieving. But, Father, they're not true. Help us to be people who do not go beyond what is written. Because what is written provides enough hope, enough truth, enough comfort. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.